Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. I am your host, Zach Fell. We have a new sponsor starting this month, Dave from Diamond Dave Photography, the photography that supports local music in Wisconsin and is ready to work with your band or any solo artist on your next promo pictures or band show. To contact Diamond Dave and see previous work, check out Diamond Dave Photography on Facebook and Instagram. Wisconsin Music Podcast is also brought to you by ZTF Studio. ZTF Studio, recording and mixing services, specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. ZTF Studio brings success to your recording project. A few testimonies, one from Dimitri Wolf saying, it sounds very clear. He's also one of the more professional mixing engineers I've had contact with. Very efficient and mixed vision driven. From Cameron Dean. Zach provided us with an alternative mix to a song of ours and did a great job. He responded to feedback and was very professional. Thanks for your efforts. From Sergio Velaverde. Zach's work is amazing and very quick. He understood what I said for the mix and he did it incredible. We, Voice of Nature, are very happy. Check out ZTF Studio at ztfstudio.com. Also, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Well, that's it for advertisement. Let's get to the interview. This week, we have Nick and Kayla from the Kenosha Opera Festival. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Why don't you guys kind of give us a little idea about what the Kenosha Opera is about? We are a summer festival, and we were intending to start last year. Uh, Our official company anniversary is uh, the first of the year. So we picked like the worst year in the world ever to start (laughs) a venture. Uh, And we were were all set to try and start. uh, And we've got a five-year plan to embark on that and do a live performance didn't work out like pretty much every other live performance last year. Um, so now we're gearing up. We're going to call this next season, our inaugural season. It's going to be our first live performance. Um, and so we've got some cool announcements coming out for that uh, in the next few months. Uh, can't say too much yet about the big plans, but uh, we will be having a live performance finally. Uh, that is the plan. And so, yeah, we're really excited to be, we've been building for a year basically, which has been yeah. great in some ways. Um, a little unexpected. We were kind of anticipating working on our feet more um, and just sort of going on the fly and being able to actually perform while we built. Uh, But we've had a year now to just sort of get it together and create some cool things and uh, make plans. It's been fun. It's been a nice year. And explore what we can do with opera digitally as well. Yeah, that's true. Why don't you kind of tell the listeners about what you mean by that? Sure. So uh, last summer when we finally made the heartbreaking decision to cancel our inaugural in-person season. We sat back for a moment and we're like, this can't be it. We can't just go on vacation for the next year. Uh, We decided 
to do a digital gala concert. So we pulled in resources. Nicholas uh, is a professional operatic tenor. So he knows people in the industry who submitted performances for our concert. And then we also did a grand finale chorus. And we had over 40 people participate in that singers and instrumentalists from around the country and around the world actually we even had a submission from austria which Vienna, was about, yeah. um to do this incredible it was about 45 minutes the whole gala concert and mm -hmm. we streamed it on youtube and facebook mm -hmm. and we raised a bunch of money to get started we were honestly blown away by the response we got um yeah. because we are essentially nobodies right now yeah. i mean we're working from a, a small uh, starting point, just the people that we know, the people that trust us, but apparently um, word of mouth travels fast. So we've been able to get a lot of support. Yeah. We've also started a YouTube channel, of course, as <laughs> I think a lot of people are doing yeah. these. Yeah. Um, in addition to putting out performances, we did a, we did a small Christmas performance. Mm -hmm. We also do monthly episodes of Scorekeeping, a web series where we discuss opera related topics, anything related to performing arts, especially a lot of pop, pop culture, yeah. dive into the scores. Um, and honestly, just about anything. Yeah, Dive into the history, just yeah. sort of explain things that maybe you wouldn't have known that you knew about opera or bring in new opera concepts in a way that maybe, uh, you know, through a, a medium that you already know. So like movie scores, um, mm -hmm. you know, pop music that has opera references or all kinds of cool stuff. So it's pretty open-ended. It's not really strictly this is opera, but it's just there to entertain, but also get people to sort of understand that there's nothing scary about opera. There's nothing weird or, uh, or there's nothing to fear about coming right. and being a part of opera. Um, it's just, you know, young people like us and people of all different walks who are there. Uh, and it's a really cool thing that pretty much anybody can enjoy. So it's just breaking down barriers to entry so that people can get into it. I'll give you a little bit of my background with opera is when my daughter was younger, she's almost 20 now, but when she was, you know, elementary school age, she was part of uh, SUPA in Kenosha. Do you guys know of that program? Yeah, yeah. I know a few people who are a part of that. Yeah, that's awesome. I know you guys can't really talk about what your inaugural performance is going to be, but can you kind of give a little bit of a hint about what they might expect when this actually happens? Sure. Um, so we are excited to say that um, our grand finale performance of the inaugural season will be uh, with professional operatic singers that are coming in from around the country. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we will also be utilizing local talent, of course, um, to fill some roles and also to serve in our chorus. We are also planning on doing a full orchestra, which is really exciting. Yeah, very exciting. That's the, that's the biggest step we just felt like after the incredible response we got last summer, we're like, yeah, we can do this. We have this these resources in kenosha we just got to ask i think that's the yeah. biggest yeah. lesson we've learned oh yeah it's amazing when you ask <laughs> people are so generous oh yeah well and you know it's like it's amazing what you can do too it all looks when you stand back and look at what you want to achieve it looks like a ton especially with opera like opera is commonly called the most opulent art form that there is because yeah. you know the singing is way over the top. The orchestrations over the top. Mm -hmm. Everything, the sets, costumes, it's like historically over the top. So when you're yes. looking, <laughs> you're looking at trying to put an opera on. It's like, oh my gosh, like this is going to be too much. But what we realized was that actually it's not. You know, you just take each challenge as it comes, and you mm -hmm. know, we've got our our growth plan that we uh, wanted to 
wanted to start with and go over, you know, like five years and build. And we didn't want to lose this year just because of the pandemic. So we realized this is doable. Let's do it. So it's going to be really good. They can expect all of these wonderful uh, things we were talking about, you know, a full length concert opera for the first season. Right. And we're also doing some smaller performances as well. Uh, Like I said, we're bringing in some incredible professionals. We don't want to waste their talents. Right. They're going to be offering some free or very uh, low entrance fee recitals in the community without giving away any venues or anything. One of them is going to be in a bar. It's It's going to be awesome. (laughs) Opera in a bar. Now that's something I've never heard of before. That is. And that's what we want to do. We want to do stuff that you haven't heard about before. We want to bring in new people to opera that think, well, a theater is scary. One of our close colleagues just told us people think those very opulent theaters, those Mm -hmm. opulent performances are scary. And I'm like, cool. Let's take a couple steps back and give them something that's not scary. Yeah. Something familiar. And it can be fun too. I mean, that's the other thing. By putting opera in a bar, you're putting this art form in a place where people are comfortable naturally. Their guard is down. They're not worried about being judged. You know, a lot of times, some things about theaters that are scary, it's not just the, you know, tall ceilings or the fancy architecture. It's the fact that somebody who's like some old war dog who has gone to opera (laughs) for 20 years might shush you. That's happened to me a few times. And I'm a professional <laughs> opera singer. <laughs> it's this etiquette idea. And I'm like, yeah, yeah this is, there is a time and a place for etiquette, but mm-hmm. we care more about the art itself and not about how you're supposed to behave. We just want you to, to enjoy sure. it. Right. If you're, enjoying the, if you're enjoying the performance and you clap at a place where you didn't realize that's not the appropriate, the officially appropriate place to clap, that's okay. You know, yeah. you're going to get that the you people around it. you are. Yeah. We <laughs> like that. You liked it. So put it in a bar when you, when it's in the theater, do things to make it more fun, play games, keep people entertained all night. So there's yeah. never a dull minute. I know you guys said that the venues are, you're not really, you're trying to be hush hush about the venues, but let me ask you some questions and see if these are yes or no answers for you. <laughs> okay. Sneaky. Are you allowing yourselves to go to or have schools come and see the performances? Uh, Since it's a summer festival, school isn't in session, but yes, we are doing some uh, specifically elementary age geared programming. I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. Um, And this is not a secret uh, that uh, we are starting a college aged fellowship program that we're launching this summer. So we're going to have fellows that are going to be directly taking part in designing and producing all of that um, elementary aged programming, which is going to be awesome. If this is as successful as you want it to be, to push it more into the school year so you can bring it to schools during that time? Absolutely. We are doing a a smaller pilot project actually this spring as well. We're partnering with Carthage College. and doing some small programming, it's a it's a collaborative effort mm-hmm. between uh, some Carthage College opera students, mm-hmm. some of our professionals, um, and then some local KUSD schools bringing in accessible programming for mm-hmm. um, the really diverse population we have here in Kenosha. And I think once we see how that goes, and honestly, I think it's going to be amazing. I yeah, know yeah. it's going to be amazing. Sure, I think totally. from there, it's going to open that door for us to do programming year round. Sure. The summer festival. Sure. That's our heart. Yeah. That's our beating heart of what we do. But yeah. that, that influence is going to carry us through the whole year. Yeah. We've, we're like around doing stuff the rest of the years. We don't disappear. Yeah. So we'll I find live, some interesting. I live form. here, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> 
this thought just came through my head. I'm just wondering. I wonder what it would, what the reaction would be to have it up on a stage at Summerfest. That would be so cool. That would be super cool, actually. So, um, one summer I was working with the Florentine Opera in Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, which is one of the large companies, nationally recognized companies. Uh, they're one of our biggest in Wisconsin. Um, and they actually put that one time this happened. Uh, four of us that were in their summer program got up on stage and did, we did like opera crossover stuff. So we did a lot of like Andrea Bocelli type things or, um, you know, um, like the Charlotte, what was that uh, duet that was really famous like ages ago, the Charlotte church. And, oh, uh, um, um, oh shoot. I don't know if we actually did that piece, but that type of thing. Okay. Josh Groban. Josh Groban. Yeah. Okay. Programming. It was yeah. A lot of fun. And they got into it actually, because, you know, they had, they'd never done that. It was the first time opera had been performed at, Summerfest. So they actually like put us in like punk rock costumes and like we just had I a good time. That. Yeah. I that was super fun. <laughs> it was great. And you know, cool. yeah, I mean, anything like that we would be interested in doing. But really anything that helps people understand this is just kind of like a human art form. It's not really different than other ones. No. You know? It's just it's just something that that is you may not understand the language if it's in like French or Italian or something and you don't know that language, but we do things to make it accessible to you. So you can read the translation live while it's happening on stage. Okay. You know, the product is the amazing, the oomph of the singing, you know? So um, yeah, put that in any content you want. As long as people sort of understand that that oomph is there, I think right. they'll, they'll feel it and they'll get hungry for it again. And I mean, our opera singers know how to fill a space. Yeah, they do. I mean, whether it's, <laughs> You know, whether they it's the summer, whether it's yeah. the Summerfest stage, I know our, our singers could could fill us fill a stage very nicely. Oh, yeah. So totally. I know you you're not gonna say what the first opera is gonna be, but can you say who the composer is? <laughs> that maybe we could because we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna your start, decision, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got like a whole like advertising scheme where we're gonna like leak information and okay. get, get it going as we go. I'll tell you. Uh, if I don't tell you the language, then the composer is a fair hint. <laughs> <laughs> it, it will be an opera by Donizetti. So okay. Donizetti is this um, a composer that comes from the 19th century. Um, and he's part of the, bel, for anybody that doesn't know, the bel canto type of opera composition. So that just means beautiful singing. Uh, and bel canto focuses on really flashy kinds of singing. So like lots of runs that move really fast and high notes, um, just stuff that will wow you. Um, and so Donizetti is one of the, he's one of three major bel canto composers and maybe one of the most, he's one of the better known opera composers in opera circles. So he's going to be, um, his pieces are big crowd pleasers and they're a lot of fun. And I think uh, when people find out what it is, they're going to have fun with the idea of this show too. So that'll Absolutely. put rumors to rest. No, we're not starting with Carmen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Real popular one to start with. Yes. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. Cause you know, some of these operas, they get popular, but then they get over overdone. And then people are like, oh, it's the same old, same old. And why why should I go see that? But no, it's good that you're bringing fresh, even though it's not new, but it's going to be new to them and new to the population. So, And, you know, as America is supposedly supposed to be a mixing, you know, a melting pot of different cultures, uh, obviously you guys are going to be pulling from different cultures throughout the season, correct? Oh, oh sure. absolutely. And I mean, Kenosha is such a prime example. Oh, of, yeah. It's such a... a, a beautiful cultural mural here 
a strong Italian American population, a strong Hispanic population. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think there's that um, drive to not just be inclusive, but to acknowledge all the representations of those cultures in this art form. Yeah, sure. I think people sometimes picture opera um, in one way or another, very white, yeah. very uh, wealthy, European. very yeah. European. And yeah. I'm like, eh. I mean, the thing is too about opera that people don't realize, you know, even though music theater has come up and happened and that's all wonderful, opera didn't like stop at a certain mm -hmm. point. It's not, it's not anachronistic. Like it's not something that used to happen and now we just do it kind of like a, you know, like a Ren fair. We, opera has continued up to right now. I mean, there are prominent opera composers that are writing mm -hmm. new shows all the time and I've Excellent. sung some of them. Yeah, and they're, and they're great. A bunch of them are in English. Um, one a really prominent uh, composer, Daniel Catan wrote a lot of, Amer like new world American Spanish dialect operas. Okay. Um, and they sound like Puccini or Verdi. It's like a big orchestra. So it's got all the oomph of your older classical pieces, but you know, they're modern settings and they're, uh, they're in Spanish, you know, a lot of um, American opera happening now in modern day English. I did a couple years ago, a new work and it was set in the modern time. Like that's what the, the script said, yeah. the present day. So even as they go forward, it'll always be in the present day. And, um, you know, all of the characters were like college age, sort of, you know, 20 somethings, you know, either early 20s or late 20s. Um, and they were all sort of working through uh, their love lives, the this like big, you know, magical element that was introduced into the opera. Um, what would happen if some crazy power came out like that. Anyway, the point here is like <laughs> opera, I can, I, can, I can get going if you let can me. Can you tell he gets going? <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. The point, the, the big point here is opera's for everybody. Um, opera has been used uh, in a lot of different ways, both by regular people, elites, different countries. Opera has changed every time it enters, it crosses another national border. There's no reason why opera shouldn't either be like we see the world now or you know keeping that oomph without changing the product why opera can't be presented in a way that's yeah. like how we are now in mm -hmm. kenosha in 21st century america no reason at all wonderful so obviously different ethnicities are going to be presented up on stage as well and different cultures up there will you be having any african-american composers we'd love to um we do we do have some ideas about it. i mean this is not a secret there's this wonderful composer that like nobody talked about for years and years whose name is uh, joseph bologna uh chevalier de saint george is his name and he, <laughs> wow nice <laughs> and I, that's even the anglicized version he's a french composer he lives at the same time as like mozart okay um, and he writes all of these classical period works including operas and they're wonderful i have listened to his stuff for a while now and um thought why don't we why don't people do that? You know, they're starting to now with a with you know obvious cultural wide reverberations going on now. Right. People are starting to look for that kind of stuff. But you know, as much as there are worthy, even local uh, black composers now who we'd like to do, and maybe mm -hmm. you know one day, depending on where the funding goes and how much we grow, we could do a commission or something. That That'd would be, be wonderful. Um, but you know, there's also historical black composers that haven't right. really done that much, and their pieces are awesome and worthy of being done. So absolutely. You know, not this first season. Who knows what will be in the second season. We don't even know what will be in the second season. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to do, like, a Joseph Bologna, for instance. His music is amazing. 
And just because um, you're not necessarily seeing that representation on our main stage uh, production this year, mm -hmm. I definitely believe that that representation is going to be as part of our recitals. Because um, that is a mixed bag. Sure. That's not some uh, one of our performers doing a whole opera. Mm -hmm. It's them selecting a theme for the evening and then selecting uh, pieces by composers of all backgrounds, of sure. all languages, for all periods to create something truly diverse and interesting. So I think that's where we really want to explore some of those options. Oh, yeah, definitely. Good, because I think a lot of our younger audience will be able to connect with it more when they can see themselves up on stage. Absolutely. So you talked about getting a campaign going, um, little things here and there. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more or is that still kind of hush hush like um well, you talk about the five-year plan or you could talk about the five-year plan or kind of tell us where how you're going to get this promoted so people know that this is happening i mean besides you know just doing this podcast it's only a certain amount that i have a reach at right now and obviously i want as many people to know about this as possible so what are you doing to help get people out there to know about this Sure. So we've got a we've got a multi-prong strategy here. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> I can use some buzzwords on yep, you. Uh, go ahead. We're uh, so we've had some successes that were planned and unplanned in our for like for the gala concert when we we're trying to promote that. Um, you know, we were able to go on uh, Greg Berg's morning show on WGTD here in town, uh, okay. and he uh, interviewed us, and we talked about it and hyped it up, and um, we had lots of different wonderful singers from for that performance uh, who submitted digitally. So we could kind of brag all of the different things. And that got us a lot of uh, attention. We also did an article with the uh, Kenosha news. Liz Snyder did a, a piece on us and our, and our new company and the gala concert. And uh, that went really swimmingly. They, they, that really got far and wide and uh, it was really cool to see our faces in the news. I went to Lou Perrine's and picked up a newspaper and there it was, <laughs> yeah. it was me and Kayla right there. Um, uh, just a few pages in. And so that piece w was awesome all on its own, but it actually got reprinted or republished online several places. So it ended up uh, all over the place, but like the biggest one was US News and World Report. So um, we've got a bit of a, you know, there've been some tracks laid here where we're gonna try and continue to reach those same uh, media sources. But another big thing that we do is, um, you know, with the video editing skills and the production mm -hmm. skills that we have, you know, we always try to make everything really, really attractive. So even though, you know, your following is what it is, our following is what it is right now, we're all trying to grow. Right. We think that if we create ads and video, you know, promotion that are just like, you know, French kiss, beautiful. Yeah, right. Uh, then, you know, people will be interested in that. They will engage with that more. Uh, you know, the statistics say it, but also that having that little extra touch that this is like cinematic, that yeah. everything you're seeing coming up um, is like, wow, what did they, what, what was in that ad? You know, we have a certain reaction that we're going for. I think that's the number one thing we've done right from day one. Yeah. I think, yeah, we're small. We know that. Yeah. Uh, we have a small reach. You know, Kenosha, is a 100,000 person city, but not enormous. Right. So we know we still have a lot of work to do, but we have always taken our social media presence very, very seriously. And honestly, if in this last year we've learned anything, we know how powerful social media can be and how much simple words can impact people yeah. in yeah. positive and negative ways. So we like to use that platform in a really positive way, oh, yeah. um, especially with a lot that's been going on in our Kenosha community here that's not related to what we do directly as a festival, but 
we live here. We've yeah. had a hard year here in Kenosha. Yep. Um, so us taking that platform very seriously, and of course, always putting out high quality content wherever we are, whether that's Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, yeah. um, it's important to us that that's right at the top of our list because that's what people see most of the time. Sure. We know that they're not seeing our faces as much right now. And even when we do the live in-person festival, you know what, that's about a month of the year. And then the rest of the time, we are still putting our best foot forward in another way, which right. I think is from here on out going to be primarily digital. Diamond Dave Photography, the photography that supports local music in Wisconsin. It is ready to work with your band or any solo artist on your next promo pictures or band show. To contact Diamond Dave and see previous work, check out Diamond Dave Photography on Facebook and Instagram. Wisconsin Music Podcast is also brought to you by ZTF Studio. ZTF Studio recording and mixing services, specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. ZTF Studio brings success to your recording project. All right, back to the interview. Make sure I heard this correctly. When you were on uh, Greg's show, you said you had some digital performances intertwined into that interview? Yeah, well, so we were promoting the the big digital gala concert we were doing to replace the our first performance that summer. Um, and, you know, we had a little bit of, he, I think he did play a little mm -hmm. bit of a material um, uh, from that and from uh, just, you know, me, I'm a Kenosha singer, of course. And yeah, it was one of those cool things where we could sort of give people a little taste and they're used to hearing classical music there. It's all about going where the people are, you know, they people that listen to classical music and like opera already listen to that show. So if we right. go there and present the slickest darn presentation for an opera performance you've ever seen, then yeah, uh, you know, we can we can reach them and reach them really effectively. So yeah, it's great. And Greg is, of course, a, a yeah. friend going back. So uh, he's happy to Put a little a uh, little clip of something and you know he always does that though he's such a uh, a good interviewer so it's it's nice to be on that sort of a platform but you know one thing i do want to just get in there and say is it's nice to be on this platform too because you know none of us have the reach of wgtv but right that doesn't matter you know you've no. got you've got an audience and we want to reach them right uh, and we want them to know that this is here and that mm -hmm. it's not stuffy and it's maybe even a lot of fun uh, so, you know, and you're going to, you're going to grow and we're going to grow right. and maybe, you know, 10 years on from now, we'll go, Hey, remember when we were on, <laughs> we're on your podcast and it was like, you know, both of our, we still didn't have a million followers. Ha ha ha. Well, right. you know. Do you want to put some of that digital media implemented into this podcast so people can hear at least some of the talent that you're drawing from? Yeah, sure. Oh yeah. We did a, we can do, um, we had a Keely, uh, who's a, one of our board members and a professional soprano sang some uh, Messiah, I think it was Rejoice Greatly mm -hmm. from Messiah. Um, and we put that out around a little before Christmas time because, you know, of course the, the, the sing-along Messiah they always have at the Methodist church downtown couldn't go forward. So we right. know, recorded that and put that mm -hmm. out. That might be a fun one.
You guys also sent me a song for the Christmas episode as well. So thank you so much for that. Thanks for asking us. That was that was kind of cool. We, it was a chance to run out and do some Christmas music for <laughs> Christmas music. So that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Very fun. You said you're going to be drawing from other talents for like your orchestra and probably for production, you know, lighting, audio. Do you have those people hired? Are you looking for people to hire for that? And if so, how are people going to, how do people contact you to get involved? Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, so yeah, we are definitely seeking technical people at this point. We do have some local contacts here. My husband is a technical director yeah, of yeah. many facets, stage director. Sure. He's got a degree in theater arts and he's yep. a wonderful actor, Shakespeare actor. Um, also a computer science guy. So, mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, I, I, my background is actually in orchestra. I started okay. life as a violinist is what I always say. And now I do a bajillion other things. Oh, yeah. um, you know, so. Uh, still play pretty well. I, I, you, she played oh, thank for, you. She played, uh, 
she played on the digital gala in the digital orchestra. It's nice to hear okay. you actually, yeah. So um, I'm kind of heading up uh, the orchestra and personnel manager there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think if people feel like this is something that they have skills for, that they want to be a part of this, oh, yeah. we are open to it. I mean, we're trying to keep the overhead low. Right. Um, but especially like orchestra members, choir. If, yes. you're, if you're listening to this and you are a singer, you may be singing the you know, a local group, there's a Southeastern Wisconsin chorus or mm -hmm. uh, the Kenosha Chamber Choir, anything, your church choir, and you feel confident singing choir, hit us up. We've got yeah. an email. and We want to have a big chorus. We want to have a great orchestra. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, and when I'm talking orchestra, I am talking strings, woodwinds, brass, yeah. and percussion. The so, whole deal. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think if people would like to get a hold of us, Facebook is always great. You can find us Kenosha Opera Festival on Facebook or Instagram. Mm -hmm. There's a form on our website if you'd rather submit through email there. Mm -hmm. Our email address is Kenosha Opera Festival at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> lots of ways, lots of ways to yes, get involved. Good. I'm glad you asked that because we do want, I mean, we, it's an interesting hybrid thing where people want these singers who've been trained and groomed to the point of like perfection. So we're going out there and getting them from the professional network that we have, but we also want this to be really strongly Kenosha. Yes. Something I always say about the festival that I really hope comes true. And we're going to push for this hard just in everything we do. I want one day it probably in the distant future for the Kenosha Opera Festival to feel as Kenosha as apple pie feels American. I want it to be just baked in, just part okay. of it. It's something that is, you know, a cool heritage here. You know, if you go, like, for instance, if you go into um, Tenuta's today yep. and, you know, you're looking around for your cheese or your pepperoni or your, you know, your uh, deli item or whatever, you're going to get yep. some cannoli, you're going to hear opera on there. You know, you may hear some like, you know, Italian pop or something too, but mm -hmm many more times than once. And I love to I go in there all the time. Uh, I, I've heard Pavarotti on there singing actual opera arias. It's not like just Andrea Bocelli kind of faking it. It's like mm -hmm. real opera. <laughs> <laughs> really call him out. I love Andrea Bocelli, but you know, that guy is not necessarily Pavarotti. No, uh, no. <laughs> and I didn't know, no, no uh, that did sound kind of crappy. Andrea Bocelli is great. I don't mean to, I don't mean to come from Andrea Bocelli, but you know, it, this is like, these are like recordings that I recognize from like live performances or like a CD that was Pavarotti. So it's like the cream of the crop opera being played in a store in Kenosha. Yeah. Like it's already part of the culture here, you know? So we, I don't actually think we're going to have to do that much to create an environment where there are people here that love opera and that people feel like opera is part of Kenosha. I think it already is. And we're just here. In fact, we've said this in other, you know, situations, we are kind of shocked that there wasn't, a Kenosha yeah. specific opera company. Yeah. It feels like something that we're not doing. We're not bringing this to Kenosha. It's like it grew up out of Kenosha. Yeah. It's like we experienced Kenosha and then this just happened. <laughs> so, you know, um, and if you're thinking that you're someone who wants to help with this, but you say, Oh, but I've never done opera. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Me neither. <laughs> like I I'll say it. Like sure. I'm not an opera singer. No. Uh, my background is in classical violin. I also do musical theater. Mm -hmm. I'm a teacher. I'm a director. I'm a nerd of nonprofit management. Um, and all those skills are applicable. <laughs> Every one of those skills comes over. So, you know, if you're like, if you're in the, in the, if you're interested in being in the choir, but you're like, but I only speak English, 
That's okay. We're going to have dialect coaches. We're going to be able to prepare you on that. You've already met your chorus director. She's Hi. great. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll get you up to snuff. I mean, it'll be one of those things where, you know, we can have people from different levels. Uh, you know, uh, it might be a little hard for the very most, you know, amateur first time person, but you know, that's okay. If you just be honest with us about where you're at and we would love to talk to you about coming and being a part of it. Most of us aren't opera singers, oh, shockingly yeah. enough. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you might be surprised. But... You, know, you know, another thing I'll say is, you know, I'm an opera singer, so I guess I'm I'm outing myself as a little bit of, out of touch on this particular. <laughs> I've been training to sing for a long time, but, you know, I've worked at a lot of different companies around the country and even, you know, internationally. And when you encounter an opera chorus at professional, like, level A houses, mm -hmm. you still find you know, people that are like, you know, they, they're school teachers, they're, you know, they work in an office job, like their regular, they, their day job is at a cubicle. Right. A lot of times the chorus rehearsals or any rehearsals that incorporate the chorus are strategically placed in evenings or weekends because those people, you know, it, it, it's a rare job. That's a full-time opera yeah. chorus member or full-time yeah. chorus member of anything. So, you know, honestly, if you're not a professional singer, you probably fit right in. That's, right. that's most opera courses, <laughs> most places, you know, the guys at the Met make a lot of money, but <laughs> that's the Met, you know, we're, right. we're here to be part of our community. So if you're, if you sing and you feel comfortable singing in another language and you know, it's, it's interesting to you, yeah. we're the right place to come. To. Right. And especially for people like that, that do have their nine to fives work in a business office or whatnot. It's, it's a, it's a release for them to go and do something creative. Exactly. Totally. Is there anything that I haven't asked you yet that you want to cover? I think there's a... um, no. Check out uh, check out scorekeeping. Go on there. It's it's a lot of fun. We go we go from all kinds of different topics. Like Kayla covered uh, Ludwig Göransson, who wrote the scores for like Black Panther and The Mandalorian, and talked about his compositional style. We have one that's kind of recent about just ten top ten burns that composers have, like insults that composers have <laughs> leveled at each other. So that's that one's just a lot of good fun. You'll learn something, but then we're going to Trojan horse the educational stuff in there on you. Uh, you know, we got a lot of other stuff. You can see uh, you can see some performances um, that are on there. Uh, just a lot of stuff, and we're adding to it all the time. So get familiar. We're still in the COVID verse, so that's probably right. the primary way to check us out. But um, and obviously, we've been kind of secretive today, you right, know, yeah. talking about what. But you know, definitely hit us up on our Facebook and Instagram pages because those announcements are coming in weeks. I oh, mean, that's true. Yeah. Very soon. Follow everything. Because if you, if you, uh, you know, aren't following it, you won't get the little ding that the announcement has come up. And right. uh, we're going to be announcing a few things forthcomingly. So, um, you know, all of the crypticness of this interview will get, <laughs> <laughs> the, the people will be enlightened about what's right. Can you tell me when you're going to start throwing those out? Sure. So uh, we're going to have one kind of generic ad going out at the end of this month. Okay. And then like mid next month, we'll, we'll talk about what the actual show is. Well, now. Okay. Excellent. Where can they go to sign up for these announcements? So you can go to our Facebook and follow us there on Facebook. It's just Kenosha Opera Festival. Okay. Uh, you can also go to Instagram and that's, also the same thing at Kenosha Opera Festival on Instagram. Uh, go to our YouTube. Again, it's just Kenosha Opera Festival. It's pretty easy to remember. And That's if you good. just search that, it'll come right up. You'll find our channel. Uh, and then, of course, uh, if you're interested in being a part of this uh, in the chorus or any other way, you think you maybe could contribute and you want to be a part, you can always uh, go to our website and there's a contact form or email us at KenoshaOperaFestival at gmail.com. I think we covered everything that pertains to what gets this information out there to people. 
origin music where you, you know, where you started with music when you started growing up. You want to go first? Yeah, yeah sure. So um, I was kind of one of those weird kids. I started violin when I was three. So that was kind of my whole life growing up and it, it shaped who I am. And I consider myself a pretty solid violinist still today. And I, I perform professionally, but that's not my whole life. I, I'm also a teacher. I also uh, run nonprofits. Um, I got a master's in music theater, vocal pedagogy. So I'm also a singer. Um, I teach fifth grade beginner orchestra here in Kenosha. I direct uh, a middle school choir out in Milwaukee. And I also do this opera company. (laughs) So um, I I went to college to be a teacher and I discovered so much more, you know, I mean, for anyone who's out there and listening to this and you're trying to figure out like where to go next. I mean, like you pick where you want to go. I mean, I, violin is just one part of who I am and everything else is just, it's been a crazy puzzle putting it all together. I'm still not sure like what the whole puzzle is, (laughs) Um, but this is a big part of it right now. Yeah, totally. Well, I don't know. I was, um, I started um, voice lessons when I was a kid and it was because um, I was taking piano lessons and we had to, it was like mandatory. My mom was like, you guys all got to learn music. Um, and so I was taking piano and I just like hated it. And it got, <laughs> he's and it, one of those. Right, yeah. <laughs> it got to the point where, uh, you know, me and the teacher just didn't get along. She was a lovely lady, but you know, I just didn't, I, I just did not enjoy it at all. And you know, when you're a little kid like that, yeah. you don't know what the future is. You don't care about piano. So it got to the point where I was, I said to my mom, like, you know what, just don't schedule another lesson. She was like, no, I'm going to, you have to take music. I was like, well, I'm not taking piano. So we, the compromise was to take voice lessons. Uh, that worked out, I guess, in the long Yeah, time. it worked out okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was one of those things. And I, I studied voice with uh, several different teachers growing up. Um, and eventually I went to college and I liked a lot of other things. I mean, that's the thing. I think most people are complicated people with different mm-hmm. interests. Mm-hmm. I used to be a sketch artist. I worked at, uh, for a leasey company and we were leased to Six Flags. So I used to be one of those caricature artists that you'd walk by and ignore <laughs> at uh, Six Flags. But it was a fun job because it was artistic, you know, and yeah. I, that's what you realize as you get go through high school and get older. You learn what sort of things get you going and the arts are mine. So I love to draw. I still draw. I used to uh, when I went to college, I was like, I guess I'll major in voice because that's the the best scholarship that I got. And, you know, I'll just do that. And I didn't really know anything. I knew something about singing and that was it. But I still drew like political art for the newspaper at Carthage and did all kinds of different stuff. And it was just one of those things where um, college was a great time to explore different stuff and learn new, learn new skills that you either didn't know you had or develop a brand new skill. So it was great. And then after that, I had gotten pretty well sucked into opera. So I went to grad school. Uh, So I was gone for a while up in upstate New York at, um, grad school at the Eastman School of Music and uh, you know just continue that's where you really get specialized and get good at what you're doing as an opera yeah. singer um, and so that's what I did I sang some roles at at school and then started taking uh, you know entry-level jobs after that I w- my first one was in Milwaukee actually um, that summer uh, for uh, the Florentine Opera and you just go from there you do all these programs that are kind of like half mm-hmm. professional half training and then eventually you start to do more roles. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at, at my, in my career now, just trying to, it's been weird during the pandemic because nobody's been doing anything, mm. but <laughs> right, right, right. really looking forward to getting done with the pandemic and getting back on stage and singing some roles. Yeah. A lot of people for sure are looking forward to when it gets to the point where we can go and see live performances again. 
Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I know. One thing, you know, hot take here. One thing people keep talking about is like, this is the new normal and things are going to be carried forward from after the pandemic. And that's all true. I mean, I'm not going to quibble, but people want to get into the audience. Yes. Mm -hmm. People want to be safe going to see something live. And I think the appetite for that is just like huge. Yes. They can, they're going to. So I think it's going to be like a bottleneck because so many people are wanting to go out there and experience live performances again. And then it's going to explode in different directions. Which I hope so. Because those yeah. arts companies that have managed to hang on by a string, yep. they're going to need it. We're yep. going to need it. Everyone's going to need it. So do not think twice about buying that ticket. Yep. Buy two. Buy two. Buy bring one a friend. And, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Buy two and bring a friend. There it's you it's go. tough. I mean, you know, there's sell a- out their houses. <laughs> sell them out. Just Let's save arts in yes. 2021. They really yes. need you. It's frustrating because there's a lot of things that really need you right now. There's still people out there that are struggling with their personal finance, you know, with being out of work for so long or right. whatever. And, you know, it's you want to be sensitive to that. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of worthy causes right now. All, just to say, the arts are one of them, you know, whatever you do, however you break up your donation dollars for right. the year, think about including the arts, because even if it's just buying an extra ticket and bringing a friend, that's so helpful. Mm-hmm. And the arts do need you. You know, there's a lot of companies that have either already shuttered or are in danger of shuttering, right. or if the next season is not profitable or, you know, as, as profitable as they need it to be, they're going to shutter too. So right. it's a big deal, you know, get out there and help people for everybody that's listening. So Kayla and Nicholas, thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin podcast. I really appreciate you coming on and telling us about the Kenosha Opera Festival. I think this is going to be a great, great thing for not just Kenosha, but for Wisconsin and probably Illinois as well. Northern Illinois. So, yeah, we're hoping so. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll let you go. Thank you again so much for being on. And I will definitely be in the audience at one of your shows. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for the support. This was great. Totally. Can't wait to meet you in person. Same here. Definitely. Looking forward to it. Oh, you too. Thanks. Well, that was a great interview with Kayla and Nick from the Kenosha Opera Festival. Um, Their website is kenoshaoperafestival.com. So you can get more information from there. They also are on Facebook and Instagram under the same name, Kenosha, under the same name, Kenosha Opera Festival. I'd like to thank Nate Wyckoff for creating the music for the Wisconsin Music Podcast and to Dean Bundy for our great voiceover in the beginning and intro. Also, ZTF Studio Recording and Mixing Services, specializing in singles, demos, EPs, and LP projects for the last 20 years in southeastern Wisconsin, doing jazz, rock, funk, country, indie, and more. ZTF Studio brings success to your recording project.
Oh, mm-hmm.